I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid in the resurrection of the righteous. Friends, the title of this morning's sermon is Do a Good Turn Daily. Ah. It is, as I said earlier, our annual Scout Sunday when we welcome the members of Troop 8 and the four Cub Scout packs that Good Shepherd sponsors, and when we celebrate all of the young people who are in our congregation who are members of other packs, of other scouting troops, both Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. We're delighted to have them all with us, and we're delighted that they participate in the Scouts, and we have a lot of them. Lucky us. But what, you may ask, does Jesus' teaching about giving dinner parties have to do with scouts or young people or even you? If you'll hang on and stay with me, maybe we'll find out together. The Boy Scout Oath says this, on my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and to my country and to obey the scout law, to help other people at all times, to keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. Not bad at all as words to live by for young people or adults. The Girl Scout Oath is very similar, but for our purposes here this morning, I want to quote the Girl Scout law. I will do my best to be honest and fair, friendly and helpful, considerate and caring, courageous and strong, and I will be responsible for what I say and do, and to respect myself and others, to respect authority, to use resources wisely, to make the world a better place, and to be a sister to other Girl Scouts. Again, we could all do well to live, beside, to live according to a promise and a commitment like that. And both, both Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts have a motto do a good turn daily. And what is important in both of these cases is the emphasis on doing. One of the best things to my eyes about scouting is the emphasis it places on teaching young men and young women to be responsible for their actions and to actually act to do something to make the world a better place. Scouts are not formed to sit and watch and complain when the world is not to their liking. They are formed to get busy 
and to try and do something about it. And most especially, they are formed to care for those in need. The whole point behind an Eagle Scout or Gold Award is to teach Scouts to combine action, hard work, and caring, and to keep those three together for the rest of their lives so that they always are a part of the way that they approach the problems they see in the world. Now, you may have noticed when we look around on a Sunday morning as we drive to church that we live in a very affluent part of the world. Brentwood, Franklin, Nolensville, College Grove all combine to make Williamson County the 10th wealthiest county in the United States. To put that in a little bit of perspective, there are a little more than 3,100 counties, county-like civic government things, and, or civic government units, rather, and independent cities in the United States. We're number 10. The percentage of people in our county with college degrees is more than twice the national average. Our household incomes are more than twice the national average. For the most part, we live a very abundant life here in the middle of Tennessee. Now, I'm not telling you all of this because I want to launch you on some giant guilt trip. I'm not. That's not the point of this. I'm telling you all of this because I want to help you see how vital the Scouts' message of do a good turn daily and formation that combines action, hard work, and caring is to our young people in our community and is to us in general. And I also want to remind all of us who are past the age of scouting how important it is that that same combination, that combination of action and work, is in our own lives as Christians. And I promise you I will connect it all to that gospel. You know, there comes a time when young people growing up in a community like ours and we as adults realize how incredibly, unimaginably blessed we actually are. Now, because I'm a Christian, I believe that that abundance with which we live is a gift of God. You or your parents may have put a lot of hard work in to get to this place. But the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that went into that hard work came from God. And the blessings that we have received do not mean that somehow we are better than all the other people in the world who are not blessed as we are. It's an abundance that is a gift. But it doesn't make us more valuable. And if you were paying attention and you've been in church, you will also recognize that we have been blessed this way so that we might be a blessing to others. A blessing is not a present that God gives you for being productive or getting good grades or living a good life. 
a blessing is given so that it might be shared. For example, if you were blessed with loving parents and a secure and stable home, then out of that security and abundance in your home, you can go out into the world and love others and give of yourself, knowing that there are those who love you and give of themselves to you in your home. As Jesus said in another part of Luke's Gospel, from those to whom much is given, much will be expected. As Christians, we are blessed so that we may bless others. So sooner or later, if you're awake and aware, we're all going to realize that we've been incredibly blessed in so many ways. And for most of us, that creates a problem, or maybe three. First, we really like our blessings, don't we? Don't we? Nobody likes them but me, huh? Okay. We really want to hold them close. And, and sharing, and sharing does not come naturally to human beings. If you think it does, watch a couple of three-year-olds. Okay? Sharing must be taught. There's still something inside of us that doesn't really want to share. Second, we know that there are ways that we could share with those who fall among what Jesus calls the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. In other words, those who cannot fend for themselves and need the help of others simply to survive. But that might require some hard work. And besides, we really don't like to share. So then we feel guilty about having so many blessings and needing to do something about it, but not doing anything much about it. And third, all of us, all of us are at least a little bit lazy. We tend to be lazy about things we don't like. Cleaning the refrigerator, studying for our physics exam, filling out our taxes, sharing our blessings. Easy, being lazy about doing things that is hard is part of the human condition. We're really good at procrastinating and avoiding the hard things. So, then we'll try and shortcut the work needed to get to the end of the task. Now, for those of you who, aren't, who are still students, I don't, I don't recommend this, but I, I can also tell you that most of the adults in this class spent a lot of time with spark notes or with book rags rather than trying to uh, actually read the novel that was assigned them for English class. We just, we just want to expend the least possible effort to ease our guilt about not doing something hard. And then we feel guilty because we know we didn't do it to the best of our ability. So, what we tend to do in our least possible effort way to escape the nagging guilt about sharing and about taking action that requires work in our world is that sometimes 
we give a little from our blessings. But then we're left with the knowledge that we could have been more generous and we're not. And again, we know that we weren't our best. Some of us try and do the least possible effort by getting on Facebook or Twitter or Reddit and signaling how virtuous and intelligent, intelligent we are in the nastiest possible language. Did you know, and there are people who do this, you can spend the entire day arguing with a bot on Twitter about politics and never realize that there was never a human being involved. Sometimes we put a sign in our front yard or a sign in our window. Sometimes we argue with our friends or how many of you have argued with the news as it comes across on the television. Sometimes we use caricatures to damn whole groups of people who aren't as enlightened as we think we are. We all of us can be a lot of talk and little action. Sound and fury signifying nothing. But all of that sound and fury doesn't actually tend to ease the guilt we feel because we know we aren't doing our best with our blessings and we aren't doing what God asks us to do. And so we can get to be bitter and resentful. And then we'll turn up the volume on the anger about the imperfect world around us in an effort to quiet that little niggling feeling that maybe we could do a little more. And that leads us back to the gospel. Because Jesus, Jesus is going to a really nice dinner party. From the way the story's told, this is going to be a big one. And after giving some advice to those who clearly think better of themselves, perhaps, than they should in that setting, Jesus looks at his hosts. And he says, you know, don't just feed your friends who will return the invitation. Look around you, look at your neighbors who cannot fend for themselves and will starve in this world that we live in. Take action, feed them. In other words, you have been a blessed in abundance. Use it to be a blessing to others. It's not about having the right politics. It is not about having the right tribe. Jesus is charging his host with doing something, with taking action, with getting up close and personal with people who are most in need and most defenseless. Now, I thought about this, and I thought maybe we could all become honorary scouts, at least in our minds, and we could practice doing a good turn daily, a good turn that does something to make someone else's life significantly better. A good turn that shares from the abundance we have been given. I thought maybe we should take another example from the scouts and combine hard work and action and caring with our desire to help others and lift them up. Maybe we should look at work for which there might be no compensation but the knowledge that we have helped change one person's life and that God knows what we have done. But then I, then I remembered something. We don't need to be honorary scouts to do that because we're Christians 
And that is the claim that God has placed on our lives every single day and with every blessing that we have been given. You know, Christianity changed the world in ways we cannot even imagine on this side of that change. But in the ancient world, caring for the poor and the lame and the crippled and the blind, all those who were defenseless, all those who were oppressed, nobody did that. There was no obligation for those who had abundance to share it with those who did not. That was a Christian idea, and it happened one person at a time, one person who cared for someone new, one person who brought someone new into their community, one person who changed the community. It's changed the world. Our obligation to think about Caring for those who have less than we do is deeply rooted in the Old and the New Testament. We learned it from our brother, Jewish brothers and sisters, and we carried it out to make the world a different place from what it was in 33 AD. Jesus didn't tell the host of that dinner party to go out and to do something for the whole world that would change everything. He told them to go out and act and do something for just the few around them. And that's the way the world changed. This is what it means to be a disciple. The scouts talk about it, and they were deeply rooted in Christianity. They know what that means. We should all know what it means. It means we combine action, we combine work, and we combine it with our caring. And then we go out into all the world and change it one person at a time.